podcast that goes back into your memories and goes, oh, that memory was awesome, but I really, really wish my mom would throw away that ornament that I made a million years ago because it sucks. (laughs) Um, That's my complicated way of saying we're talking about all the things that are great and all the things that are terrible about your favorite made-for-TV romances. The kinds that you see on Hallmark, Lifetime, Netflix, meow, 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 meow. And it's Christmas. It's Christmas, and we're going to do a meow, meow, meow one today. Because uh, this aired on CBS. Yeah! Which, like... CBS, TV movie of the week. <laughs> so, so it can... It shows you how old this movie is. Um, this movie aired November 30th, 1997. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. I mean, I remember 1997, but... <laughs> I should older. preface this as this... Okay, I just want to say it... I, I recommended this one um, because this movie was one of my very first memories of going, I love shitty Christmas movies. <laughs> but I didn't say the word shitty because it was 1997 and I didn't swear when I was 12, so, or whatever, 11, yeah. however old I was. Um, uh, so, uh, but I do rem- have a very specific memory of like going like, this is the genre for me. <laughs> I love Christmas movies like this. So, yeah, and uh I didn't have CBS growing up, so I didn't see this uh on the televisions. I saw it on the YouTubes when Katie was like, "We've got to watch this movie into it for the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't have that feeling towards this movie, but that's fine. So, this <laughs> uh this movie is called Borrowed Hearts. Um yeah. Uh, oh, this is going to be special, Katie. I'm excited. I'm so, so excited. <laughs> uh, this Why is, is it called Borrowed Hearts? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Uh, if, and now we forget the title because it means nothing. Um, so this description comes from YouTube because you can find this movie on YouTube to watch. Um, with Christmas fast approaching, a struggling single mother who dreams of earning enough money for a down payment on a home agrees that, for a fee, she and her seven-year-old daughter will pose as the family of her bachelor boss in order to help him impress a traditionally-minded Mexican industrialist interested in acquiring the company. All goes according to plan until the spirit of the holiday season causes real love to blossom. And it stars Roma Downey. Eric McCormick and Hector, how do you say his last name? Elizondo. Uh, yeah, and Hector Elizondo. At least I, I think that's how you say his name. I like him a lot. Yeah, but he, he he's always sort of in my head as um, the, the bodyguard who's in love with um, Julie Andrews. <laughs> oh! What's in, in uh, Maldovia or whatever? Yeah. It, Princess <laughs> How funny. You know, I've only ever seen that movie once when it came out. Oh my I god, I used to watch that movie it. all the time. I mean, uh, Julie Andrews is my personal hero, so. Yeah. If, if Julie Andrews and Catherine O'Hara were ever in a movie together, I think I might just die. <laughs> that would be... I, I don't even know what that would be. I just... My brain, I, I think my brain would be like, cannot process this. It would be too much happy, for sure. <laughs> All right, let's get back 
to our hearts being borrowed. <laughs> um, so Kathleen Russell, played by Roma Downey, and Sam Field, portrayed by Eric McCormick, are two very different people. Kathleen is a single mom who tries to make life warm and cozy for her daughter, and Sam is the opposite of a cozy family man. <laughs> he is a rich, womanizing business dude who could never settle down. Context. Uh, the movie opens with him practically licking his Thanksgiving dinner off of some blonde's boobs, um, and then we see her leave angrily the next morning, so you kind of get the idea of the kind of man Sam is. Um, but unfortunately for Sam, he's going to have to become a family man real soon, or at least pretend that he is. So the company that Sam owns is not doing well, and he needs to strike a major deal with a Mexican businessman, Javier Del Campo, played by Hector Elizondo. But the trouble is, Sam's smarmy co-worker tried to sweeten Sam's image by telling Senor Del Campo that Sam has a wife and a kid. Oops. And since Senior Del Campo is staying at Sam's mansion during the course of the business talks, they have to figure out the family situation super quick because so, he's probably going to notice that uh yes there, there, there ain't a, a wife or kid around <laughs> so where are your family i don't like them that wouldn't be <laughs> that wouldn't be good for this super traditional mexican industrialist <laughs> yeah um so this brings us back to roma downey i mean sorry kathleen um Kathleen's daughter, Zoe, has been acting out ever since Zoe's dad walked out on them six months ago. Kathleen is happy that he's out of the picture, but Zoe misses him a lot. In fact, Zoe's convinced that an angel will bring her dad back if she wishes and prays hard enough. So one evening, when Kathleen drives Zoe to the rich side of town so they can look at the pretty Christmas lights, Zoe sees a home that looks exactly like her dollhouse. So, like, she flings herself from the car and it's like my dollhouse and she runs inside this house and she claims that this is where we're supposed to be this is such a clear like i have never learned stranger danger <laughs> but she's got angels on her side hannah so. it's, it's true it's true it's true uh so kathleen understandably is mortified because again you, I'm sure she's having the thought of like, oh my god, I should have thought taught my daughter stranger danger. <laughs> or done child locks on the door. <laughs> um, and it's not just because Zoe is acting crazy, but also because the house belongs to her boss, Sam. Um, so Kathleen works in the shipping department of the company. And just So like Sam doesn't really know who she is, but she knows who he is. Um, but like how lucky it is for them that Sam needs a family and one magically just appears not, it's not even on his doorsteps. It's, it, it is inside his house and she already works for him. So she's got, he's got some leverage there. And then Sam offers them $3,000 to move in and pretend to be a family for the weekend. And since Kathleen does really need the money and Zoe is all about living in her dollhouse, they strike a deal. So, Senor Del Campo arrives, and Zoe notices that a twinkling sound seems to follow him everywhere he goes. Hmm. Mm. For Zoe, the twinkling sound is clear proof that he is an angel. Like, this kid. Seriously. 
she finds like a feather in his bed that he sleeps in and she's like see it's from his wings and the maid is all like it's from a down pillow you weirdo but like (laughs) whatever um but to be fair Senor Del Campo does seem to wink knowingly a lot at Zoe, so she may very well be right that he's something something special. Um, plus, he seems to have a suspiciously magical way of nudging Kathleen and Sam into romantic scenarios, so it is possible that he knows more than we suspect. So Senor Del Campo extends his stay through Christmas, uh, which means that Kathleen and Zoe have to stay longer, too. Uh, they have a few mo- rough moments where they almost quit, uh, like when Sam was upset that Zoe chopped up all his Cuban cigars. Um, I have so many questions. Uh, like, that doesn't even seem like a fun game. I also don't think a kid would do that. She's Whatever. like, smoking's bad, so I'm going to chop all these up. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, they seem to be getting along pretty well. Uh, and Sam and Zoe specifically are starting to become real close, like real, like, father-daughter shit. Um, and that worries Kathleen, especially when she overhears Zoe and Sam commiserating over their problematic fathers. And Kathleen sees that Zoe is getting way too attached to Sam and his big, pretty house. And so Kathleen warns Sam that he's setting Zoe up for more heartbreak, and he'll just be another man who leaves her. So speaking of men who leave Zoe and things, um, let's talk a little bit about Jerry, Zoe's dad. Uh, Jerry is a con artist who's been hustling at golf courses for the last six months. Um, He's some kind of semi-professional that got kicked off of the golf tour, so now he's hustling on the the links, apparently. Um, So... After his last, like, failed attempt, Jerry decides that he wants to be a dad again, so he breezes back into town, only to discover that his wife and daughter are shacking up with this massively rich dude. Um, smelling this way to score some extra fast cash, Jerry finds out what the whole situation is, uh, like, the whole rent-a-family situation, and he corners Sam, threatening that he's going to tell Mr. Del Campo about this situation unless Sam pays up. Sam agrees, but on the condition that Jerry doesn't contact them until after Christmas so he can close his deal. But the business deal isn't what we thought. Kathleen overhears that the company is selling, which means everyone in the factory where she works, presumably including herself, will be losing their jobs. So Kathleen tries to convince Sam not to sell, but he more or less tells her that even though he's starting to feel, you know, those warm and tender feelings for her, uh, business is still business, and his hands are tied. And this, of course, makes Kathleen angry, but that doesn't stop the two of them from having a near kiss in front of a romantic fire later that night. Ooh la la. <laughs> so the next morning, it's Christmas! <laughs> they all exchange gifts, and Senor Del Campo signs the contract. But Sam is having second thoughts about the sale. Then... Senor Del Campo points out that there's mistletoe hanging above Kathleen and Sam. Remember, he forces them into romantic situations. Um, So Kathleen and Sam have to kiss. And we know that one kiss kiss means means forever. But Zoe must also realize that's what one kiss means because she runs out of the room crying. 
because she expected that Angel Del Campo was going to bring her dad home for Christmas. Like, that's what she thought was happening. And now her mom is kissing other dudes, so she is upset. Um, (laughs) Sam realizes that this charade has gone on long enough, um, and it's clear that Zoe really needs her father. So Sam brings Jerry to the house, which means coming clean to Senor Del Campo about the whole rent-a-family ruse. And Sam tears up the contract, so the deal is off. Uh, And somehow, Senor Del Campo doesn't seem all that surprised and wishes Sam and his pretend family the best of luck. Wink, wink. Uh, And also not surprising, shitty dad Jerry can't stay longer than, like, ten minutes and splits. So Zoe is heartbroken. Duh. So she runs out and climbs the nearest tree, which is something she does when she's upset because, you know, she, she weird. Uh, but in a way that I can get behind. I'm into it. Um, and when the branch under her breaks, Sam catches her. Like, yay, no, no dead children. We're very pro no dead children. <laughs> <laughs> and he also declares his love for both Zoe and Kathleen. And the three of them become an Insta family so that, you know, it's, it, it, you know, Angel Del Campo, if he is an angel, in fact, did bring Zoe her dad for Christmas. It's just not her bio dad. Yeah, it's her heart dad. Yeah. <laughs> and in case you were wondering whether or not Senor Del Campo is actually an angel, we get confirmation at the end of the movie. Um, Zoe is now living in her beautiful magical dollhouse, uh, and Senor Del Campo drives up, gets out of the car, and somehow locks eyes with Zoe staring out the window, even though they're, like, hundreds of feet away. Um, and he gives her one of those, like, knowing sly angel winks and so like she knows that like he was an angel and he was helping her out all along like hannah said yeah so yeah the end yay (laughs) um so i feel like i mean this movie is bonkers yes i don't know where to start so why don't you start okay (laughs) okay um Um, So here's one place that I will start, um, and I wish I had gone back to write down some of these actual quotes, but one really big difference between 1997 and 2020, um, 2020, um, is the very overt misogyny that is super apparent in this movie as opposed to what we see in more recent times. Not that misogyny is dead, mind you. But, um, but like having the big buxom blonde at the beginning and like that kind of overt sexuality. Oh, Sam is gross at the beginning of this movie. For sure. Like full on, like, I don't want to see this, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gross. And they, and they straight up. First of all, like he and his smarmy coworker play racquetball, which is probably the most nineties activity that you could possibly be doing. (laughs) And while they're talking about um, racquetball, um, oh, I did write something down. Um, his his uh, his coworker says women are peaches, smooth and pink on the outside, but rotten in the inside. And I'm like, uh, that's also racist, by the way. <laughs> uh, but it's racist, sexist, and fruitist. <laughs> <laughs> it's rudest. 
And <laughs> later in the movie, um, they actually had they had hired actors to be the rent a family first, but they didn't quite know. And when they're like doing an improv scene to see if these actors will work, though the the wife said something like, "Honey, what's for dinner?" And his smarmy coworker responds, "You're a wife and mother. You know what's for dinner." And I was like, "Ew." <laughs> yeah. So just right. that overt misogyny and like the way the treatment of women as objects and um, which is the way that you kind of get the other with Roma Downey being a wife and mother. Like that's the stark contrast, but it's just right. gross. Now now we see the stark it, yeah. contrast as like businesswomen or something different. Yeah. Right, right. It's like she's too busy to have a family now. Yeah. Whereas like she can't have it all in this movie either, but... She can be a, a she's a good person because she's not gross. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I like. Uh, I, there's so much about this movie that is I don't even think we can really get into. Um, it's <laughs> I do appreciate in this movie that they go to a rent uh, like a actors for their rent a family first. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like in a modern version of this movie they wouldn't they they wouldn't be like well we're gonna get actors obviously but whatever i feel like they would be like let's go find a family because that just seems like a more tropey way to do it so i did appreciate that bit but i do not understand this situation in general because in what world do you have like a business person that you're meeting with to buy your company and they come and live at your house exactly over christmas uh-huh. like people make their family get hotels over christmas what is happening? well i mean I, so i have an answer to this because i've been thinking about this it's the magic of christmas hannah it's he's an angel and so he as an angel he makes it a condition <laughs> Of changing Sam's, you know, Scrooge-like behavior or whatever by saying that, oh, the condition of me changing this man's life is I'm going to pretend that I'm a Mexican industrialist whose only way of helping him out is to be the kind of man that must stay with a family with you. That's the way I do business. Right. But then then you get into the problem of if this... If Senior Del Campo is such a family man kind of man, the idea that he wouldn't be home with his family for Christmas is also, like, not believable. So true. So it just doesn't make any sense. Either he's a workaholic or he's not. And if he's a workaholic, he likes to live alone in hotel rooms. I mean, you know, he needs to get on the phone with Wallace Shawn or God or Santa or whoever he works for. (laughs) And figure this out. Yeah. He needs to work on his backstory. Uh, like, and, and also I was thinking, like, because he, he's going to come for the weekend. And I guess, like, sort of could buy that. And then he decides to stay until the negotiations are done. And he's going to stay through Christmas. And there's not really, like, a full-on discussion about it. It's sort of like, I think I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And, like, my thought process, like, like I like I'd just be so pissed if if I had like I'd be like no I didn't agree to that. Yep. If I was Sam, if I was Kathleen, if I was Zoe, I'd be like I don't like being on my best behavior for that many days <laughs> in a row. Thank you very much. 
Well, Stop Kath- it. <laughs> to be fair, Kathleen does uh, state that she's like, this wasn't the plan, so now make yes. it make it ten thousand dollars and we'll stay. Right. <laughs> right. But still, like, it, like she does get some more out of it. Sure. That being said, it does put her in a very awkward position. True. Very, very awkward position. It's just not a way that people would behave, I don't think. Like, it, it's also, it's awkward for everybody. Because it's also awkward for Senor Del Campo to be like, I think I'll just live with you for longer, okay? Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, talk <laughs> about an imposition. That's weird. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, We need to talk about Zoe. Because we can't say what the fuck without talking about Zoe. Because she is <laughs> the epitome on a pedestal of what the fuck. <laughs> of all movie done, I think. Yeah, she is. So, okay, so I'm just going to say very quickly, she looks like if you took Sarah Jessica Parker in 1997 and made her a child. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) You are not wrong. That was my first thought. I was like. It can't be Sarah Jessica Parker because she's much too old. But are they related? Like what? (laughs) They look so much alike. Yeah, and it's so weird. This girl, she looks familiar. She looks like someone. Mm -hmm. Even, like, I always talk about Billy coming in from the other room while I'm watching movies. But even he's like, I've seen her before. But you look her up and she's nowhere to be found. Like, she stopped making movies a long time ago. Like, don't really, didn't see anything else she was in. So I don't know why she looks familiar, but maybe it's because she looks yeah. like Sarah Jessica Parker. I don't know. <laughs> um, I I get that she wants her dad back, and, like, she was abandoned, basically. Like, he didn't say goodbye to her, and she acts out. All of this makes complete sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me about Zoe is she has no fear. Mm-hmm. Or doubt. Yeah. Like, she, she's like, an angel will come. I can run into any place or up any tree. Everything will be okay. But also, like, clearly does have some fear of abandonment issues. Yeah. Because of course she does. So they don't really match to me. Hannah, you literally took the the thought, the psychological thoughts out of my brain because yeah. I talk about holding two opposing ideas in one body, which <laughs> which happens to people all the time. But I was I was literally going to say she she's so sure about everything. Like even when like the maid is like fuck you, it's a down pillow. She's like, no, nope, yeah. he's an angel. You'll see. <laughs> Smoking's bad for you, so I'm gonna cut up stuff. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But when she's talking to Sam about her dad abandonment issues, she's like, I wrote down, she needs therapy because she's way too young to be putting her dad's behavior on herself like she does. Like, what did I do that was so bad? Why does he hate me? I hope, I just, I, I'll be better if he comes back. All this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, the, the person who is so confident that does all of this, like, not good stuff is not the same behavior as someone who wants to be better for her dad to come back. Like, it's, yeah, it, it, it is right. very conflicting. You're absolutely it's, right. Yeah, it's it's just a very odd dynamic that she is portraying. Also, it's unclear to me what she knows and doesn't know about her dad leaving. Mm. Like, obviously she knows he's gone, but 
we know that he left Kathleen. I get the impression that maybe they got divorced. Yeah. But it's unclear. Well, let's talk about this for a second because it feels, (laughs) the way they talk, it feels like they've been divorced for a really long time and that he's been away for a while, but it's been six months. Right. So... If he's been gone for six months, that was a really fast divorce because it's very Agreed. Like, clearly end. And divorces don't happen that quickly. Like this is like divorces take a long time to become official. But she says he's her ex husband. Right. So, but also he seems to think that he can just come back and like show up when he wants. Yeah. To. I don't know. Like it. It is very it, which it, like. Right, and, like, and Zoe seems to think that, like, he can come back and that that's a possibility. So, Zoe doesn't seem to think that they're over. Zoe is very splintered because she also, so she wants her dad back, but she also starts to refer to Sam's house as home. Her house, yeah. Yeah, so it's like she wants her dad back, but then she is also envisioning that she's going to be living in Sam's house forever. So how does yeah. that work? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I already think that Zoe lives in a fantasy world because, A, I'm not sure well, the does. first thing I would think of is an angel. Like, you know, you'd, you'd <laughs> probably think about Santa first or whatever or, or something True. else. True, But there was this, there's this one part in a, when they're going ice skating where, um, She's like, she's like skating along or walking along and then all of a sudden she like stops and looks around because like the tree starts to shake and while the tree shakes it's like that's what you hear the tinkle 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 of Senor Del Campo's like angel sound and she like looks Mm -hmm. and then sees him in the distance like buying cocoa or something and he looks Mm -hmm. at her and gives him one of those stupid angel winks or whatever but it's almost like she has like an like autistic focus and like the bells come <laughs> out of nowhere. So it, it kind yeah. I don't know, it just kind of reminded me of her like like having a weird false reality moment. This well, is all in her she head. Does, she does live in her own little head because she like gets called out for making up stories all the time. Yeah. And like she makes up she just makes up shit and like and she saves their butt in some ways. But, like, she's definitely, like, it's it's an elaborate story that in a, I think, a normal seven-year-old would have gone off the, like, deep end in terms of, like, you know, like, there would have ended up being, like, and then, like, Santa came in, and then, and then, and, and then, then. Queen Elsa and Princess Anna went on an adventure, <laughs> and that's how like, my parents like, met. Yeah, right. Like, you, even if it didn't get into, like, fictional characters, it would have been, like, and then they went out for coffee, and then they went to have hot cocoa, and then they ate, you know, like, or it just would have gone on, like, too long to be... She's slick. She's a con artist already. Yeah. She, she got she got her dad's side pretty well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, so it's a little bit, like, okay, you live in a world where I think this happened? It didn't happen, but I think it happened in your head. Yeah, like, and the story we're referring to is she, like, makes up a story about how an angel got her parents together, um, which is not untrue, because it is Yeah, being and, and by her parents, we do mean Sam, Sam and, Sam Kathleen. and Kathleen. Yeah. yeah. 
I think that's all we so, have time for. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we we'll go into Hallmark Hallmark. Hallmark Hallmarks. Um, my first one is that Kathleen is not looking for a man. That was my first she one. She doesn't too. want one of those <laughs> single mom who has no time for men. Um, no. I have that he is a rich boy womanizer. Mm-hmm. We have a precocious child, and she is called a precocious child. Which is starting to become another Hallmark Hallmark, I think. It's happened a few times. Yeah. Um, I have, this is a weird one, and I don't know if it happens in Hallmark, but it happens other places. I'm thinking mm-hmm. specifically Miracle on 34th Street, where mm-hmm. the dollhouse resembles a real house. Oh, yeah. That happens sometimes. It's true, true. Uh, we have that one of the loving the the lover duo is a scrooge and one is all about the holidays Ooh, that's good we have a makeover montage which i call the <laughs> i think i'm gonna like it here montage <laughs> that's I, I like calling it that um we've talked about this a lot and he is an angel but the trope of magic santa man yes Literally, I said that too. Oh, magic. magic Santa Man, only in this yeah. case, he's an angel. <laughs> um, her hobby is painting. <laughs> they always want to be artists. I know. Um, we do have an interrupted kiss. Yeah, we do. Um, laying, uh, like holiday layoffs slash uh, big deal happens on a holiday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a kiss under the mistletoe, yeah. like a forced kiss under the mistletoe. True. Oh, and we have ice skating. I forgot to say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's what I got. Cool. Uh, pretty parade. Chandeliers in his house. Yeah. Chandeliers galore. That's all. <laughs> um, so my pretty parade is an anti. And I want to caveat this with I realize that this is the late 90s. Um, but my question is, why was this a fad? Because Eric McCormick's hair length in this movie is not okay. <laughs> Eric McCormick's hair length is quarantine hair before quarantine hair was cool. Yes. It is. <laughs> it's like not yet a mullet, but like straining the boundaries yes (laughs) it's it's too long it's but in that like it's not long it's not short it's just awkward Mm -hmm. like why did why was this a thing why did we like it i think it looks terrible and i i was upset the whole movie (laughs) i I spent a lot of time being like if he cut his hair i would i would just think he was that much more attractive like he's a good-looking guy like Sorry, like Will was wasted on men, but um, <laughs> but he does cut like, his hair before he's Will, so yes, right. But but I do not like this length. I agree. Do you have any across the universe? I didn't. I have one. Do you? I actually have two. Okay, I have two. Okay. Um. So Roma Downey says that she doesn't believe in angels. Um, mm-hmm. In this movie, which is hilarious, considering she is one untouched by an angel, which was one of the best shows of the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, also, sidebar, uh, this is another uh, movie where 
the Irish accent does not go away well. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Which we talked about in a previous podcast with um, Katie McGrath, Princess for Christmas. Yeah. Roma Downey does al- also is the same thing. Like, it just... Yeah. Just, just make her Irish. Doesn't matter. Yeah, right. There's no reason, but okay. But my other Across the Universe is Across My Universe because about a year and a half later, yours truly would also have a CBS TV movie of the week. (laughs) (laughs) In in May of 99. So um, I just wanted to put that in there that, like, CBS made for TV movie land. Yay! Anyway. And then you died in that movie. I did die. So unlike this movie where we almost had a dead child and didn't for Christmas, I died. And then my mother stalks Evan Rachel Wood. So (laughs) (laughs) that was fun. That was my across the universe. All right. So new and noteworthy. I don't think there's anything new about this movie. Um, My thing that I had not seen before but I am Jewish, so maybe I'm missing something. Is I've never seen apples on the Christmas tree before. Oh, you know what? You're right. That is new. Apples on a Christmas tree. I've never seen that either. I've seen pickles on a Christmas tree. Well, yes, me too. But yeah, apples, that was my new and noteworthy, was apples on a Christmas tree. Nice. Um, although maybe something was new and noteworthy back in 97. That's true. But we've seen it. Maybe this movie defined it all. <laughs> for me. Um, supporting shout out? You know, I went back and forth. There are times when I was like, ooh, maybe Dave, the smarmy friend, gets a supporting shout out. Um, I was really into his fall down the stairs. Um, I don't know why I liked it so much. <laughs> but he... I don't know if he actually gets the award. No. He was, there's, yeah, I, I, Dave just creeps me out. He's like, friend. Um, I said Senor Del Campo, mm-hmm. just cause, like. Yeah, I mean, he's, sure. Yeah, he's more than a supporting character to me. He's like, yeah. The linchpin of the, he's the, he's the crux of the whole, of the, yeah, the whole movie. That is true. He is the crux. All right. Kiss meter. Kiss meter. So I believe we have. Two kisses? Kind of, yeah. We have the kiss under the mistletoe and then the kiss the end. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so for the mistletoe kiss, I gave it a seven because uh, I said it was, it was sweet, but like it was coerced and it's front of people, in front of people. So it's not very passionate. Like mm-hmm. you it's 1997. You kind of want the, like, I'm going to eat your face off kiss. But, <laughs> like, like maybe if I try hard enough, my entire mouth will swallow your head kind of kiss. It's, like, sort of what I was expecting, and I didn't get it. And, like, I can't totally fault them for it because, again, it was in front of people and it was coerced. But it just, like, didn't have the passion that it needed. Sure. Did you rate the last kiss? I did. Did you? I didn't, but I can say something. Okay, so do you want to do your mistletoe kiss and then go to the next one? Um, Okay, so mistletoe kiss, I gave an eight. I was a little bit nicer than you. um, Because for me, I think that the 
I thought I saw the passion there, okay. but it was muted because it was coercive in front of people. Um, to me, it was just the right amount of hesitation and like really wanting to kiss because <laughs> they almost kissed the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I really saw that between the two actors. They're good actors, so like yeah. I think I rated it so high because I saw the the look of okay we're about to kiss that I feel is missing in a lot of Hallmark movies like the kiss is often taken for granted unless it's mm-hmm. between Taylor Cole and Tyler Hines because they too did the, that work of like um, uh, Katie we, we have got to do uh, it's Christmas Eve for the kiss okay. yay <laughs> sidebar no Tyler fuck. Hines is just a good kisser <laughs> And I know this for a fact because I had a dream about him last night. <laughs> he just keeps appearing in my dreams. I don't know what to do. God, he's so cute. Oh. Okay. Um, so, going. yeah. That was, that was, uh, so for me it was an eight. Um, they really mm-hmm. wanted to do it and I thought it looked nice. So, mm-hmm. I, I, and I said points off for mistletoe and Zoe's <laughs> face at the end. <laughs> yeah. The tree kiss. This is the tree. That's what I called it. Um, So this is the one where Zoe falls out of the tree and like Eric McCormick is at the bottom, basically like, I'm good catcher. And he does. (laughs) Cause yeah, like it, it, I feel like almost like he was like a video game character where it's like, can you get under the thing (laughs) in enough time? (laughs) Um, That was me. Yeah. So they, they like, Kathleen kisses him and it's sort of like a thank you which like I the kiss itself I was like if a man did this to my child and I never met him I might give him this kind of kiss yeah (laughs) it's so like relief filled of like oh my god you saved my kid Uh it is so like it felt true to the moment, but I was like, "How is this the last kiss of the mo- of the movie? Exactly. How is it between these two people? Like, how did this not devolve into like I'm gonna rip your clothes off right in the snow here? It it felt like a stranger. Oh, I gave it a four, <laughs> which is perfect because that's even though I didn't write it down, that's exactly what I was gonna give it to. For the exact same reasons. I am floored that this is the last kiss, which is why I didn't even write it down. Because it was just so, like, it was a moi, you know? It was just a a peck. It was not even, it was not even a kiss to me. It was a handshake. It was a high five. It was the the kiss equivalent of a, a, like, thank you hug. Like, it, it just... And I yeah. hear you with, like, I like it could have, like, evolved into, like, ripping off the clothes, but then I would have felt uncomfortable because Zoe was right there. So right. if it had I been agree. more than that with Zoe, like, right between them, that might have been a right. little... Right. I feel like it should have been, they decide, you know, they do this, all of this happens, Zoe gets put down on the ground, she's okay, they're gonna be together as a family, and then they go back towards the house and they kiss on their way into the house that is how this movie should have ended yeah i uh you, you solved it hannah you just fixed it yeah like the, the, it was it, it basically Cut, they missed shoot it again kiss. take two <laughs> you, you forgot you forgot one it needed to be right there <laughs> <laughs> take it from we the rater of kisses you know where they should go um so, so hannah yeah. 
Yes, Katie. Would you watch this movie? Um, I'm going to say that uh, this movie is so 90s and so soap opera drama-esque. And I loved every minute of it. And uh, I absolutely would watch it. I wouldn't pay to watch it. This is a like full-on, like, you watch this shit on YouTube for sure. But this is a, like, you know what? I've had a shitty day. And I just want to watch the stupidest thing I can think of and have it work out and everybody's just over the top all the yep. time. And yep. it, this, this fits that for sure. I'm so glad that you said that <laughs> because I completely a hundred percent agree. Um, and just FYI, uh, we, this is available for free via like legitimately YouTube. You can watch yeah. it with ads. We're not doing anything shady. Like, so just right, in case right. you this were thinking about a, that. This is not a, uh, uh, like somebody filmed like, it off the television. Um. Uh. So I'm so happy that you said that because to me this movie is the exemplary epitome of everything a sappy made for TV Christmas movie is supposed to be. Yeah. Like it's the it's the perfect amount of, I mean, not goodness. <laughs> right. But it's it's the perfect amount of like I'm interested because it's batshit crazy. Yeah. But also I'm invested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got it's got just the right amount of warmth. It has just the right amount of like will they won't they? It's got just the right amount of Christmas magic. Um yeah. because you know, uh, Javier Del Campo does have other angely things that he does along the way, but we, that we didn't mention, but yeah. um other than the fact that Zoe is really annoying. <laughs> That's also part of the charm is like, yeah. wow, this kid is really annoying, but this is like the, hi, my cat's trying to love on me. Um, this is like, if somebody were to say, what is a Christmas made for TV movie supposed to be? This is where I would it's point the, them, yeah. which is yeah. why I wanted us to do it. Uh, this, yeah, this defined is, it all for me. Yeah, I'm glad that you think so agree. too. Yeah. Completely. Completely. Good job, Hannah. <sighs> Good Yay. job having the right opinion. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you're following us on Twitter. One kiss means forever. One and four are numerals, and we're tweeting uh, as many of the premieres as we can. So uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, oh, yeah. So um, you've probably noticed it's Thanksgiving week, so it's been, like, all over the goddamn place. It's, like, every night. But um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're tweeting as many premieres as we possibly can. So, yeah. Um, Come join us. It's really fun. Nobody does anything at night anymore, really, because I'll have to be home all the time. So this is this is a community that is is enjoyable. The Twitter community for these movies are just so fun, and I <laughs> I am so pleased. I just want to say real fast. I am so pleased that Hannah and I are not alone in our double feelings of loving and making fun of these movies at the same oh, yeah. time it's a complicated um emotion to have and when i try to explain it to people who don't get it it's they sort of like it. true crime pod- comedy podcast is like the same yeah. same oh it's the same truth 100 <laughs> yeah it's if you don't understand that you probably don't get a hallmark like i, I do yeah. feel like they're sort of in the same vein <laughs> <laughs> yes yes 
Um, oh, and okay, so if you want to email us saying that you too feel this way, um, you can email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com, and that's all spelled out uh, like you see on the logo. Uh, and as always, thank you to Flint Pastures for our intro-outro music. You can find his stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, all that stuff. Uh, so thank you, and we will be back with you next week. Happy Thanksgiving! So happy Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you are with other people in some capacity. Safely and happily. Safely, and that you've eaten enough food to make yourself up, self a little bit upset with yourself. That's what Thanksgiving is about. <laughs> it's carb loading. <laughs> but how has that been different from the other days of the pandemic, Hannah? <laughs> nah, I, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> we won't go there. Enjoy your tricky day, everybody. We'll see you in the Twitterverse. Bye. Sorry, I think somebody is like mowing a lawn. Is there a lawn to be mowed near me? <laughs> is there a lawn to be mowed? <laughs> <laughs>